0: Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. And I'm your host, Gary Turner. I'm also the founder of HexoChange. And HexoChange is a transformational change practice dedicated to helping you connect yourself to others and to systems at large in a more meaningful way, thus helping us turn around our workplace and planetary challenges and accelerating how alive we all feel in every aspect of our lives. This track is called Kaleidoscope and was created for me personally and for HexoChange by Peter Griffiths, one half of the amazing Mind Takeaway. I hope you enjoy this exploration and please do share it on your social platforms so we can bring more humanity to more people. Hope to speak to you soon. Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. And this evening, we've got two fantastic humans for you. One is the founder of the Humans First Movement, which this podcast is boosted by, Mike Vacanti. We also have with you Ryan Godfreystern as well, who's got a brand new book out, well, in printed form anyway, called Success Mindsets. And he's also Assistant Professor of Leadership. Hi there, Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Gary. Great to be with you guys. Very, very excited to, to have you here and with such a fresh print, almost like money off of the press with your book. Do you want to tell us about that? Let's get going. Well, hopefully it'll turn into money, at least to a
1: certain degree, but uh, not really the reason why I wrote the book. But yeah, I just uh, my book, Success Mindsets, just came out. I feel like it's been forever the making. I first started writing uh, the draft of it actually two years ago this month. And to have it come to fruition has been a really big deal. And to have people uh, really latch onto it has even uh, been very humbling. So we've been fortunate to be able to already hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list and the USA Today bestseller list.
0: Fantastic. Well, exactly. congratulations. That's it's absolutely yeah. amazing. I think what, what I'd like to, to do for invite Mike in is, so I actually completed the assessment, your free, on, free assessment on your website. And I, I think it's really interesting because, you know, I think most people listening to us now, Ryan have probably come across um, Carol Dweck's work around growth and fixed mindset. That's a quite mm-hmm. sort of important work, but sort of the go-to mindset work. But you've come at success mindsets through a lens of four different mindsets. So I'd love for you to, yeah, expo- let's explore those today and just anything else that's really sort of impacting our, uh, our human experience right now. Because I would imagine those mindsets are quite, to be aware of those, how we show up in those different mindsets right now through this challenge is probably pretty helpful, I would think.
1: Extremely helpful because particularly during this COVID-19 and really any crisis we, could go, we, we can find ourselves in is a crisis incentivizes us to want to, if we're a turtle, pull our head into our shell and self-protect. But what I've learned as I've been been studying mindsets is that when we are in self-protection mode, we actually are carrying around some negative mindsets that are preventing us from becoming the people that we want to become, to become more of our ideal selves. And, And really, if we want to become our ideal selves, I mean, to talk about vulnerability, we've got to stick our neck out when everybody is sticking it in, and that can be really
0: scary. Don't so, know about you, Mike, but I'm just I'm I'm stuck with the turtle sticking his neck out. That's a cool. I just got that image in my head. I can't let it go.
2: Yeah, and I want to go into that deeper, Ryan, because that, I mean that that's great stuff. When we look at you know what is our innate response, and what are those choices we have, right? And 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 I sat with that for a second because you describe it so succinctly and eloquently Um, and we know that when we jump into that inner work it starts getting messy pretty quickly right and I think you can help us sort through those different stages a little bit
1: yeah in fact do you care if I kind of walk you through an exercise really quickly is that all right so this is this is four questions that is going to get you maybe Deeper introspection than you've ever done before. Awesome, um,
2: Gary. Ten push-ups in between each question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'd like to see Gary do some push-ups here. <laughs> I can do ten. Come on, Ron. I can do ten. All right.
1: So, uh, is one of you feeling more vulnerable than the other today? Maybe I'll, I'll pick on one of you more than the other.
2: I. I you know what? I've um, actually, yes, I'm dealing with a situation that has me feeling a bit vulnerable.
1: Okay, great. So here's question number one for you, Mike. What is a a goal that you had if you could accomplish it would make you like a better person? So it could be related to this situation. In other words, if I'm a genie, and I could grant you one wish, what would it be? And it should be something that you're excited about, but also something that you're in control of. So for example, winning the lottery is not something you're, you're in control of. So anything come to mind?
2: Yeah, you know, just this week I was I was notified that um, while I was a finalist for a TEDx talk coming up, that in the end I was not selected. That just happened, and um, it's not only been a goal, Ryan, but I do feel it's a it's a, a a gate to pass through to succinctly bring my message out.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. So there's the goal uh, get on it, do a Ted talk, right? Get on a Ted stage. Yes. Um, what are you, so here's question number two, what are you currently doing or not doing that is preventing you from reaching your goal?
2: I am not doing enough aggressive outreach to the, um, Ted talk curators in all the different cities.
1: Okay, great. Uh, let let's go with that. We could probably even think of some more, but let's go with that. So, so this is good. So I think most personal development programs would stop, stop here. And they just say, we'll start being more aggressive. Right. (laughs) I mean, this is like my daughter, she wanted to learn how to ice skate. And so I took her ice skating for the first time. So Mike, you're probably relating to this being a hockey player. And I took her out on the ice and she's just hugging the wall. And in an hour and a half, we probably only got around the rink twice. And the whole time, I'm just like, come on, come away from the wall. And, and so, you know, her goal was to ice skate. What was her doings and her not doings? Well, she was hugging the wall and she wasn't taking risks. Right. So now, like if I just said, well, stop hugging the wall and start taking risks. Well, we're not going to get anywhere because there's things that are underlying these doings and not doings. Right. And so, the next question helps us get there at a really deep level. So, uh, so if you're you're not doing here was not enough aggressive outreach. Why aren't you more aggressively going after these producers or whoever's making these TED talks?
2: Yeah. So here's a vulnerable moment. Um, there's there's self protection in that. Yeah. And it, on a couple of levels, one is. I don't like being told no Uh huh. second is each time I, you know, so I receive this no, and I actually have to go now through this, whatever morning process it will be to overcome imposter syndrome once again and, and jump back into that fray.
1: Good. So what I'm hearing you say, and I'm going to summarize this and if I'm off base at all, let me know. But, the first thing we that is the easiest to identify in terms of the whys is a fear. So your fear is of no and of rejection and maybe what this is saying about you or maybe it's because of the work that it means that you're still going to have to do, right? You're not towards the finish line yet and so we've still got some more work to do. Does any of those ideas resonate with you?
2: Yes, yeah, I, yes, those are good.
1: So I appreciate you you know one being vulnerable right what you what you mentioned is because this step is really vulnerable because we're identifying some fears that we generally don't like talking about but then now that we identify these fears we can identify an associative commitment so if our fear is of receiving no or of looking bad or of more work then we have a commitment towards protecting our image and protecting maybe our lifestyle, right? Because if I'm going to have to pitch more aggressively, that means I'm going to have to do some work as opposed to sit on the beach and, and drink a martini or whatever it might be. Right. And so what we've done is we've identified fears and associative commitments that are causing us to do or not do the very things that will get us to where we want to go is that are you following me there Does that absolutely
2: absolutely the the big behavior drivers to the action
1: yeah so and they're born
2: out of the beliefs yep i'm following
1: cool so then that's question number three then the question number four then is then what mindset is underlying those fears and commitments and so that's where my mindset framework comes in so Uh, what I've done is I've scoured the academic literature to identify any mindsets that have been researched uh, a pretty substantial amount. And what I found is four different sets that they each range on a continuum from negative to positive. And these sets have been researched for over 30 plus years and generally our fears and commitments that are causing us to behave in ways that prevent our success is tied back to our mindsets. And so if we can identify the specific mindset that we have that is that is underlying our fears and commitments, then it gives us precision of exactly where we should focus to improve our mindsets. And as we shift our mindsets forward, so I'm going to, let me use my daughter as an example. So she was hugging the walls and not taking risks. Well, what was her fear? Her fear was of falling and of hurting herself. Her associative commitment was, of ensuring her safety and and so she didn't want to take these risks and so what mindset then underlied all of this and it's the difference between a prevention mindset and a promotion mindset so a prevention mindset is when we try to avoid loss a promotion mindset is when we're trying to win yeah and so because she was more focused on avoiding problems than she was on reaching her goal then she was more wrapped up in her safety than on actually making progress towards a goal. So if we, can, if we can help my daughter shift her mindset from a prevention mindset to a promotion mindset, she now all of a sudden is putting on different lenses and is now going to see the world differently and therefore think and behave differently. She's going to blast through some limiting assumptions that she has, which is if I step away from the wall, I'm going to fall. Like that, that assumption isn't necessarily true. Don't know right? that. She can step away from the wall and not fall. Right. I mean, she will fall at some point, but in that instance, it's not an absolute certainty. And then also another assumption that she has is if I fall, then I will get hurt. Well, she could fall and not get hurt, right? So now we start to uncover some of these assumptions as a part of this mindset shift. And as we shift our mindsets, we'll blow through these assumptions and blow through these fears and commitments that are really holding us back. And so to, to use your example, a lot of people that have this fear of no or a fear of failing is, is they have a little bit more of the fixed mindset mentality, which, mm-hmm. which if we have a fixed mindset, we don't believe that we can change our talents, abilities and intelligence. And what that means for us is that if we fail, and we don't believe that we can improve, then we're left to interpret that failure as though we are a failure. And so if, we, if we've got a little bit of that fixed mindset mentality, then to us a no means that we are being rejected on a personal level. To someone with a growth mindset, a no means what can I learn from this and how can I get better? So, and you may already have that approach, but that doesn't mean that some of these associative mindset connected fears may be there. Does that make sense? Do you follow that?
2: I do. And I love that. And, and I, I love using the example, Ryan, and I wanted to be open and vulnerable about that. So, you know, yes, people, there, there is a fear in my life, like all of us. And, and yes, um, I do know that there are limitations that have to be recognized and pushed through. So, you know, during, during my during my career, during my development and continued journey, Ryan, I learned that no means not now. That has, you know, become my my mantra because it keeps me in that growth mindset. Mm -hmm. But I think what you're pointing to is those are experiences and decisions we have to reaffirm and bring ourselves to each time that it's not one and done, right? It's like, you know, Mike embraced a growth mindset. He's done these things. He launched this deal. He's, you know, on his way doing whatever he's doing. Um, you know, publishing a book. Right? It's it's. Um, I I still don't think I'm an author, but I guess I am. Um, and you know that yep. kind of that kind of thing. Um, so v- very very good clear examples, and um, I love the challenge of having us open up and. And kind of sit in our own vulnerability is you know i 'll say this that one of the things I am doing is i'm going back to the decision makers of that past thing and asking for feedback, right yeah. so and open that's up a the very
1: vulnerable thing to do yeah
2: and that and that's growth right instead of yeah. saying they must just not like old people <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you bring up such a good point because. One of the things that I focus, or one of the reasons why I focus on these four different sets of mindsets is what I'm finding. And that I've got, as Gary alluded to, I've got a mindset assessment on my website that's free. Anybody could take. It's ryangotfordson.com. And I thought that there would be correlations between these different mindsets. So for example, we've talked about growth and promotion mindsets. I thought that they would be correlated. Well, it turns out they're not very correlated. And so in this instance, where, uh, and it sounds like you have, you know, more of a growth mindset, but it also suggests that maybe there's room to improve. But at the same time, what you also have is you have this open mindset, right? If you had a closed mindset, you would never go and ask for feedback, because our mind would be closed to the ideas and suggestions of others, which is a closed mindset. So, even if somebody had a fixed mindset, they can also have an open mindset is what we're finding. And so Carol Dweck's work is really fantastic. I love her work and I, I, I leverage a lot of her research. I think her book is a little bit different than her research because what her book actually does is she lumps all these mindsets together into one. And I think that there's just value in separating them out. And, and I don't know if she purposely did that. I don't think that she did. Um, But if we could separate them out, then we could get a deeper level of self-awareness on these underlying mindsets that are driving our fears and insecurities that may be holding us back from precisely where we want to go.
0: I I love this, Mike. Do you know what's really cool, observing? And thank you for like, that's the first time in 120 episodes of this podcast in two years we had a live demonstration. So Ryan, straight in there. I love that. (laughs) Um, And thank you, Mike, for going there as well. I think what's coming up for me really, really powerfully as well is, right, I love what you're doing because you have developed something that actually mimics the human experience, i.e. we are in the moment human beings. Like what I just said is the past and what I'm about to say is the future. So to actually have something that you've grounded in academia that is practical for people on a personal and collective basis that allows us to recognize what we are doing in the moment, that's quite profound. Because a lot of people do tie their identity to what they learned a year ago, or three years ago, or five years ago, and think they're still that person. But, we, but you, the three of us know we can shift our, our views on something like that in the moment. So I think it's really quite profound what you've developed. I, I'm glad you
1: feel that way. I, I feel that way as well. And as I work with organizations and work through this, both at individual level as well as a team level, it's been really transformational for folks. And, and, I think here's the reason why, and you really nailed it on the head, is what it's, this exercise does for us is it causes us or it, it, in, it in allows us to look at what we typically look through. So our mindsets are what we typically look through, and these are usually non-conscious to us. We just kind of see the world and we think that the way that we see the world is the best way to see the world. But what we've got to be able to do is we've got to step outside of ourselves and investigate these lenses and say, is that the right lens to have in this situation? And until we could step out from that, we're kind of just wrapped up in it. And so this exercise allows us to do that. And what, you know, the other word for this that we could call this is mindfulness. Is we're just being mindful. We're in the present moment aware of the lenses that we're looking through. And that that can have I mean, that seems to be a really crit- seems to be critically important for transformation. It's not, I mean, we could transform without that, but we're going to be much more effective at transforming if we can develop that capacity to do that.
2: Present moment aware of the lens we're looking through. Wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> Worth repeating. Um, that'll be on the quote sheet. I'm sure.
0: That, that, that will be on the quote sheet, Mike, without, without, <laughs> without a doubt. What I'd love to, to, to if I may, value through vulnerability, what, which of these which of the four mindsets, as you've researched it and sort of seen yourself in your own research, what, what comes up for you as Ryan? You know, what's surprised you most about yourself? And I appreciate it's in the moment. It's all different lenses, different situations. But what surprised you most about going through this experience of writing the book, maybe about yourself, but also the process?
1: Oh, man, I, I, I focus on this because I need this work as much as anybody else, if not more, right? So uh, if I can give you two examples uh, of this. Jeez. So one is, uh, I, I think a shift in my mindsets that's made the world of difference for my for me in my life. So I think I went into academia. I, I largely have had a prevention mindset my whole life. I've been more focused on avoiding problems than on reaching goals. And I think I even became a professor like I think getting a PhD is a pretty cool thing to do but I think I did it because with the prevention mindset because I saw becoming a professor as being a safe approach to navigating the world like I would have good work-life balance I wouldn't be breaking my back I would make a decent amount of money and I would be able to do something I loved which which I, I I've been doing that but as as I became a professor I just realized that and there was a couple of situations and i talk about this in my book where i jumped over to a consulting job with gallup which was a great experience but after a year i ended up getting laid off uh, because it just wasn't a great fit and as i got laid off i had to reevaluate my life and i said ask myself is my life where i wanted it to be at this age and i said no And so with that answer, no, is I got to do something about it. And that's when I started to really dive into mindsets. And also at that time, uh, a friend of mine, he's a CEO. He handed me a book and I'll show it to you here. It's the five minute journal. Have you heard of it?
0: I've heard of it. Yeah.
1: Okay. So he hands me this five minute journal. and He says, this is going to change your life. And I'm very gracious in, in accepting it. But in my mind, I'm thinking there is no way in hell I'm journaling. Like, who do you think I am? Like, I'm not gonna journal. And so I bring it home and I look it up. Okay, well, it's it's literally five minutes. Like, okay, maybe I'll try this out. So it invites you to ask three questions in the morning. Uh, one is, what is three things you're grateful for? What are three things that would make today amazing? And then fill in some self affirmations. And as I started doing this, I started to almost immediately feel the shift in my mindset from prevention to promotion, because as I was answering the question, what would make today amazing, I started to think, how do I make today better than yesterday? And then shortly thereafter, how do I make this week better than last week? How do I make this month better than last month? And then really, what are my goals and how do I make progress through those? And as I shifted from a prevention mindset to a promotion mindset, that's when I said, okay, I'm gonna start a business, which I never thought I would do because I saw it as being too risky. I'm never going to go into debt, which I did to start my business, um, was also some of the one of the thoughts that I had. And so as I shifted my mindsets, I started my own business, I started to write my book, like I started to promote myself in, in ways and in such that I'm having, you know, we're having this conversation. Like if I had never made that shift, well, you know, we wouldn't be here. And so as I look back, like this to me has been one of the biggest lessons is as we shift our mindsets more towards the positive, naturally our thinking and our behavior will improve and consequently so will our success. The problem is, is our success just trails the shift in our mindset. So first a shift in mindset comes, then a shift in thinking, then a shift in behavior, and then success follows after. So our mindsets are the leading indicator and success is the lagging indicator. And if we can focus on that leading indicator mindsets, we will get that lagging indicator of success. It just won't be instantaneous.
0: So cool. I just, and thank you also for going there, Ryan as well. Like I've really, I really hope you're enjoying this as much as me. If you're joining us today, because it's called value through vulnerability. We've had Mike going there. We've had Ryan going there and I'm going <laughs> to skate nice and easy. So it's like a, but honestly it's, it's brilliant. It's such a great conversation because I, I think when people can see themselves in the conversation, Ryan, it's really, really powerful. And I, I'd love for you to maybe speak to, for those people that are listening, you might have some people, particularly during this current challenges that we have, going, right, yeah, I like that, Ryan, I get it. But do you know something? I, I genuinely, like, you want to see my bills? Like, I'm just trying to keep food on the table. Like, what would you, what would you invite those people to do if they're, like, really... They're thinking like, I know that I can create a better world if I can get my, but I just, there's just too much going on in my world right now. I can't even, yeah. be, I can't be that positive. It's impossible for me. Is there any sort of invitation or just a, like how can someone nudge themselves towards something more, yeah, something, something more positive, maybe at a time of difficulty?
1: No, I, yeah. And I appreciate you asking the question. And I'm going to go to a, a set of mindsets that we haven't mentioned about uh, yet. And I think this is the set that I struggle with the most. It's the difference between an inward mindset and an outward mindset. So when we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as more important than others. And when we see ourselves as more important than others, we see others as objects. Uh An outward mindset is when we see others as being just as important as ourselves. And when that happens, when their needs and wants matter just as much as my own, I'm able to see them as people. And so when we talked earlier about how this crisis is, if we kind of think of ourselves as a turtle, A crisis causes us to want to pull our heads into our shells to protect ourselves. Like, I'm the most important one here. I don't care about anybody outside of my shell as long as I protect myself. And I think it's a form of an inward mindset. It's very justifiable, but it's a form of an inward mindset. Let me give you an example that has been very inspirational to me. And and I'm guessing both of you are familiar with Viktor Frankl and his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Sure. So I've been studying his life a little bit as we've gone through this crisis, because I think we have a lot to learn from people like him and others who have gone through what they've gone through in terms of surviving the Holocaust. But when prior to him being put into a concentration camp, his family was rounded up into a ghetto. So this is just a step above the concentration camp. And they were being overwatched by, um, you know, German or Nazi soldiers. And they were not allowed to congregate in large groups. So to me, this seems pretty familiar with what we're going through, very different circumstances. But during this time, you know, it makes sense. Let's not congregate because if we do, we could be shot, literally be shot. Well, what does Victor Frankel do? He organizes groups to get, get together. And, and and he's a psychiatrist by profession, and he got groups to get together, and they would talk about things like how do we sleep better amongst all this stress? How do we, how do we stay happy? Um, you know, they would even have, you know, people who are subject matters on a given topic. Let's just have you present so that we can learn. This is just because life is more than just fear and hiding. It's about coming together and learning. So Viktor Frankl was one of these organizing members of these groups. So when the world and society is telling him, st- pull your neck in, He's keeping it out. And by keeping it out, he's creating uh, a better place for the world around him. And to me, that's such a great example. And I'm not saying we all now congregate. Like, it just doesn't make sense to do that, given the situation. But as long as we can keep our necks out and say, see others as people. Like, I don't know, Gary, where you're at. But Mike, I'm sure you've seen what I saw. When we first started to get into this lockdown, you couldn't find toilet paper anymore yeah same here yeah <laughs> because to a certain degree it's toi- that toilet paper is more important for me than it is for you and so there are people that i know that have been literally giving away toilet paper because they bought way too much toilet paper this is a form of self protection um it, which makes sense it's justifiable but it limits our ability to be a positive influence in the lives of others and that, to me that's where victor frankl is such a great example
0: it's, it's such it's such a brilliant example, isn't it? I, I just love the way you've come at that as well, for me, Ryan. From the point of view, like, there's no the way you communicate. There's no like right way. And Mike loves like I just think of Mike's work in believership. Like you're not saying there's a right way to do it. There's just an invitation that there's a there's a more meaningful way to be in the world, over not. Yeah, you're not saying what's right or wrong. You're saying that there is a way to be to live your life to the fullest potential. And I just love this this tortoise now. What's coming up for you, Mike? It's just wonderful conversation. This.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, there's there's so much to it, and so I could jump into the depths of that. But you know, I like to quip a little bit. And what really came up for me clearly is, we've been teaching inward leadership for a hundred years, for a hundred years, um, and 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 that inward thinking is the prescriptive controls that we've put into place the authoritarian bureaucratic models right that that um, you know were refreshed with management theory you know with Drucker and still didn't serve us well and and what you just described to me is we've actually promoted a mindset and I never thought of it as a mindset so I you know what to me it's really interesting to Look at all that research and all that work through that lens of 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 the turtle. <laughs> and, well, and, and it really is a self-protection of the head, truly. Um, and the opportunity for the outward mindset and what that what that next hundred years could be with that change of mindset. So it was actually pretty big, big boulders moving you know, in in my thought process there.
1: I'm totally there with you. And let me give you four desires. And you tell me whether or not society sees them as being good or bad desires. Okay. So we got the desire to look good, the desire to be right, the desire to avoid problems, and the desire to get ahead. Would you say society says that those are positive or negative desires?
0: Marketing would say they're positive. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean we're we're I think we're socially incentivized to do these four things. I mean just even look at our schooling. What are we focused more on, learning or grades? Yeah. Looking good, right? We're more focused on looking good. Because and these are very justifiable desires to have because who wants to look bad, be wrong, have problems and get passed up? Right? Well, nobody. Right, so we justify these desires. But let's ask ourselves, where is the focus when we have these desires? Look good, be right, avoid problems and get ahead.
2: All on ourselves. Right?
1: It's on yeah. ourselves. And, and so when if we're a leader and we are incentivized to look good, be right, avoid problems and get ahead, where are we focused as a leader? On the person that we should be least focused on as a leader, right? We're focused on ourselves and, and we are literally, this is this self-protection mode. And each of these desires are, are attached to these negative mindsets that I focus on. So fixed, closed, prevention, and inward. And I so we're there, I think many of us have been there or we are there because these are very justifiable desires, but also because we don't recognize the higher order desires to have. So instead of wanting to look good, we should wanna learn and grow which may mean we have to look bad in the process. Instead of uh, wanting to be right, we should wanna find truth and think optimally, which may mean admitting we've been wrong. Instead of wanting to avoid problems, we should seek to reach goals. And instead of wanting to get ahead, we should have a desire to lift others. And so the shifts that we're talking about in terms of our mindsets, we're shifting from self-protection mode to contribution or organization advance mode and these these more fought, these four positive desires are connected to the four positive mindsets growth open promotion and outward does that make sense it makes
2: really great sense and Gary we knew that we would get to vulnerability in this conversation right and and there it is like that is the cartilage or that is the actual on off switch between each of those um inward or, or outward desires, right? So, um, when, you know, do we want to be right or be better is, is the way I say it, same thing, you know, more words on the, on the better part. Um, we, we focus on that. Um, and, the you know, the lift others is, it's actually my, it's my super objective. It's my daily mission. Um, and, and really the purpose that I've, focused on for the last four years it takes that intent right but in doing so there's great vulnerability in that um because it's easier just to self-protect and uh so there's so much vulnerability in that are we discovering um you know do do we want to be a know-it-all or a learn it all right well there's there's vulnerability in there so it's interesting to me that was really really Poignant how vulnerability is really the cartilage um, in, that, in that tension.
1: Example that comes up to me as you say that is uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, The Art of Possibility. It's written by Benjamin and Rosamond Zander. And Benjamin Zander is the founder of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. And during the first half of his career, he said that he was the authoritative leader, the stereotypical authoritative leader um, that most conductors were at the time. And and what he was doing is he had this inward mindset, this self-protective mindset, where he saw his musicians, not as people, but as instruments, there to play the music the way that he wanted it played. Because if he could have control and get them to play the way that he wanted to play, he would get the notoriety that he was seeking. And so this is this control form of leadership. But then he said halfway through his career, he had an epiphany. And that is that while he may be the face of the orchestra, he doesn't play a note. And when he had this epiphany, he he switched from seeing his musicians, instead of seeing them as instruments, he saw them as people. And And he shifted his mindset to more of this outward mindset And as he made this shift he no longer sought to get them to play the music the way that he wanted it played he now becomes to use your word vulnerable to try kind of put himself on the limb and say i'm going to try to get them to play the music the way that they are best capable of playing it which may not be something that i'm comfortable with because now i'm losing some control here as a leader but who do you think is going to produce more beautiful music those who have to play the music a certain way or those that play the music the way they are most capable of playing. And so the shift that he's made it was remarkable. And he, he has a TED Talk where he talks about this. I think it's the art of transform- transformation. But, but he, he, almost through this experience, he's changed the culture of conductors worldwide. I mean, you could watch probably five TED Talks by conductors that are now all saying the same thing. And it's large. He was one of the the first conductors to take this new approach, and now we're seeing everybody do it because they're creating more beautiful music than ever.
0: And I love this, Mike. Mike, the thing, thing I've got just got a like. I'm literally almost like got emotional, Ryan, with this now, because like honestly, it's so clarifying for people. Anyone that's joining us now, is this? Because I had a chat with Doug Kirkpatrick, who's one of the sort of modern day fathers of self management, and I think what you're speaking to brilliantly with that book is if we come at this as the leader, as coach, yeah, there to help remove roadblocks for your people, but trust them to self manage and do the stuff that they're there to do. You get exceptional results, but it takes vulnerability of that leader to say, I trust you. And I think it's that in a world full of sort of like trust issues at the moment, that's the thing, like that humanity, that humanity to say, I don't need all the answers like you're coming up strongly for me in this conversation this evening. That is, that is the catalyst for so much potential for those leaders just to say, I trust you and I don't need to know the answers. Sorry, Mike.
2: No, I love that too. And, and the orchestra example is brilliant also because it talks to tenacity. And so oftentimes we think of tenacity, you know, which is the pursuit, right? It's the open-minded pursuit. And, and, um, that tenacity we think of as kind of a negative thing, right? Like a tiger is, you know, tenacious or, or it's, it's bothersome. And, and actually when you think of each of those people playing an instrument rather than the instrument itself, thinking as an object, you know, each of those people are perfecting their one instrument, knowing that they're only going to be a part of a really big thing that they're you know um perfection is off the table you're going to go into a live performance everybody is going to play to their best ability perfection's off the table but they're going to continue to build their craft and build their excellence to the greatest degree to contribute to a whole i you know it just brilliantly describes tenacity and um and there's hope in that right when we know that we can tenaciously pursue being part of something greater than ourselves. And there's a leader that is encouraging and bringing us forward in that, 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 I mean, that's a really harmonious environment.
1: Yeah. I I love that word, uh, tenacity. And, and as we look go back to those four different desires on each side of the continuum is you can be tenacious about looking good, being right, avoiding problems and getting, and getting ahead. But yeah. what we're what you're talking about is the tenacity when we're tenacious about learning and growing, about thinking optimally, about reaching goals and lifting others. Right. Yeah. So we could be tenacious with the negative mindset, and we could be tenacious with the positive mindset, and that's what seems to matter. And one of the things that you also brought up, and I think, has been really cool, is that when I work with organizations, I'll have their leadership team take my mindset assessment in advance. And then when we come together, I'll aggregate those results up to the collective level and say, as a collective, what are our mindsets? And I would say 80% of the groups, which is probably about 60 different groups that I've worked with, 80% of them have three of the four mindsets on the negative side of the continuum. And what this speaks to is, I think it speaks to a couple of things, but the biggest thing it speaks to is the important role of culture. That if we create a culture that is, is tenacious towards the negative things, then people are incentivized to self-protect. But if we can be tenacious about creating a safe culture, it, it allows people the freedom to have the more positive desires, to learn and grow, to find truth, to reach goals and to lift others. And so that, that idea of focusing on creating a safe environment which is a very vulnerable and scary thing to do because there's a, so much trust that has to go on behind that. Um, and so it's very much easier said than done. And it's, it's easy sitting in this chair and saying that, uh, much harder to practice for sure.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um, for anyone that's still still with us, thank you for joining us in this conversation. Psychological safety was actually discussed with Amy Edmondson on episode twenty nine of this podcast. So go and have a listen to that as well, because I think that, in conjunction with what Ryan shared tonight, is you've pretty much got culture change between these two conversations if you're open to it. <laughs> well, and it's culture change, also at a very deep
1: level, because c- culture change, if if we focus on it in terms of wanting to change behaviors or change policies that will change behaviors is we can't focus on things at that behavioral level. As we went through that four question exercise, if we just say stop doing the things that you're doing. Well, that's not going to help because we got to address those underlying levels, those fears, commitments, and assumptions, and then the foundational mindsets that are driving those. And so if we could get to that level, Uh, then we're going to be much more effective. And you guys might be interested in this. I just conducted some research where I collected data from over 150 organizations. And across these organizations, 33% said that they were effective at developing their leaders. So only 33%. Then I asked them, uh, I gave them a whole list of things that they focus on as a part of their leadership development program and only 12% focus on mindsets out of this 150. And if they focused on mindsets, 66% of that group said that they were effective at developing their leaders. Mm. So if we can add mindsets to the equation of leadership development, I'm not trying to take away from anything else that we're focusing on, let's just add mindsets to it. It seems like we're doubling our effectiveness in in developing our leaders.
2: Yeah. is amazing research very valuable and then i also want to encourage that um i don't think you have to continue to be so kind on the leadership development that's currently in place there's a lot of baggage that does not need to make it to the wagon there's it won't be welcome in the antique store it's just rubbish and so so thank i'm glad you. you
1: said it instead of me I thought I would just
2: jump in and kind of give you, take you off the hook on that. That yeah. um, that, uh, that baggage does not need to be carried forward. Um, it's missed the mark certainly as we look forward to the type of organizations we need to engage people and, um, and accelerate growth inside companies. With the rapid change that we're going through it, you know, agility can't be as rigid as it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love that on many levels and, and I just wanted to unhook those cargo freight trains that are no longer necessary.
1: No, you're, you're right because when, when you talk about agility, improving agility, which is something we need to do at a personal level as well as an organizational level. In order to do that, it's going to require that we enhance our capabilities of thinking in more complex ways. Then rather than just jumping with, you know, as we're dealing with this COVID-19 crisis, well, now we've got this two poles that are going on, safety and starting up the economy. Like both are incredibly important and it's going to be really hard to have both at the same time. So it's, we're starting to see people that are jumping really strong to one side or the other and they're kind of planting their flag there and they're not willing to hear the perspectives of other people on the other side of that. Of that continuum but when we just jump to one side or the other we're not thinking in a very complex way we're simplifying our thinking of a very complex dynamic and so what we need to do if we and we're not going to be very agile if we're on one of those sides if we want to be agile we've got to develop the capability of sitting right in the middle and understanding the pros and cons of each side of this continuum And the more that we can sit with this complexity and be okay with that, which is not an easy thing to do, the better we'll be able to navigate the situation. Um, And so as really kind of as what we're talking about is as we develop this capability to look at what we typically look through, we're enhancing our ability to be mentally complex, which, which is what we need our leaders to be. We need them to be wise leaders and not come across as ignorant leaders, which oftentimes is what happens when they jump on one side of that continuum much more strongly
0: than than the other. I think, I, I'm, I hate to do this, but I've, I have to look at the clock and I really don't want to, Ryan or Mike, like I've, this, this really could be a three-dayer. I would love to uh, invite you back on, Ryan, at some point as your book uh, starts to get out into the market because the, it's so rich. So, so rich. I really don't want to cut it short, but I'm very conscious of a, of timing. So will you come back Ryan at some point is my first question. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Let's do it. No. And and so
1: much of what we've talked about here is what I've learned since I wrote this book. Um, And so I've got, I'm chomping on the bit on book number two. uh, But I do think what book, what my book, Success Mindsets, will do for people is it'll we'll start this really deep introspective dive to help them understand the importance of mindsets, help them to identify what mindsets they currently have and how that they, they can make shifts to unlock greater success in their life, work, and leadership. So I've loved the conversation, would love to keep it going.
2: That's those are great, great comments. And thank you for that. And what I want to encourage listeners is it is exploring the things that we haven't currently explored that will get us to where we need to go. It's not taking all of the notions from the past and just executing them better. That is a flawed strategy. So taking in these new teachings, opening our mindsets really is where we need to go, the things we need to explore. If what we already had in the past was good enough, we wouldn't have these problems we're trying to solve. So that's my big encouragement to move forward with new ideas and and you've just presented that wonderfully ryan it's been a joy
1: yeah thank you so much thanks for having me on thanks for uh, inviting the vulnerability which uh, you could see how that just in and of itself and you guys already know this but it it allows us to to deepen our conversation and and connect more effectively
0: it's brilliant and i'd just like to offer one invitation thank you so much for joining us today and you know, I think right now the ultimate act of vulnerability would be practice. Like what Ryan shared with us today. It's not an all or nothing thing. You know, dial it up, practice this. And Ryan, how can people find you? Because I just think there's going to be people wanting to connect with you after this.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Uh my website's the best place, ryangofferson.com. You could get my assessment there as well as if you go there to buy my book, it'll direct you to any of your favorite online retailers. But I have I have some freebies there for you, such as if you buy the print version, you can get the audio version for free, uh, as well as a webinar that walks you through each of these different mindsets we're focused on. So that's the best place. Second place is probably LinkedIn. would love to connect with anybody there.
0: You've been a joy. Thanks so much for your time, Ryan. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thanks,
1: Gary. Thanks, Mike.
0: Hi there, Gary Turner wrapping up this brilliant conversation with Brian Godfriston and Mike Vacanti today. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I did. Um, just to share a few of my final reflections, one was where Brian said that when we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as more important than others. When we see ourselves as more important than others, we see others as objects. An outward mindset is when we see others being as important as ourselves. Just think about that statement with everything else that's going on at the moment with the the necessary conversations that we all need to be involved in and around racism at work and in society at large, and how we actually empathize and understand what's gone before and build and co-create a better um, paradigm as we go forward. you know we're going to need these outward mindsets um, as I think inadvertently and accidentally, so many including myself till a few years ago was was very much. Um, getting stuck on an inside mindset um, as we strive to accumulate things wealth cars, houses, job titles, and none of there 's nothing wrong with any of that that 's all fine. Um, but when we believe that we have a right to all of that more than another human being then uh, then things can get a bit tricky and I wonder what you think about that. Feel free to challenge or build on that. Um, I enjoyed hearing Ryan also share some of his research he 's currently recently carried out where he's in touch with 150 um, organisations, of which only 33% said that they were effective at developing their leaders. And only 12% of those 150 had any focus on mindsets. And if they did focus on mindsets, 66% of that group said they um, were developing their leaders effectively. So a real challenge here. If you're listening to this podcast, thank you for joining. But if you work in learning and development or leadership development, how much of that intentionally is focusing on mindset? So actually, you know, what are the belief structures that those senior leaders or those leaders hold? How much time are you spending evaluating those, discussing those in a safe environment, allowing people to diagnose and rebuild and co-create new systems of beliefs that serve themselves and, and others? just wonder what comes up for you around that. I, I know for a fact that when I've led L&D in years gone by, there certainly hasn't been a focus on, on beliefs. This is a great challenge to us all. And then finally, um, I love Ryan when he shared, if we could create a culture that is tenacious towards the negative things, then people are incentivized to self-protect. But if we could be tenacious about creating a safe culture, it allows people the freedom to have those more positive desires, to learn, to grow, to find truth to reach goals and to lift others. Again, it comes back to this safety point. So, so critical. Um, Again, feel free to jump onto episode 29 with Amy Edmondson, the Harvard professor, who's done many decades of research around psychological safety. And indeed, just to wrap up, my friends at Equip, where I'm uh, a a pro bono strategic advisor, um, working with them on helping them develop and bring to market their amazing technology, you know, psychological safety, Um, inclusion, employee voice, all of those things are intentional parts of the design for Equip. So feel free to jump onto their website, aequip.co.uk, should you have any interest. And just please just use the reference Gary Turner, if you have any interest, and it would be be great to introduce you to the team and to the, the great work they're doing. This is about a movement, the Humans First movement, the Equip movement, and really this podcast... Going forward is about being a catalyst to those two movements and to bringing more of us together, so we can have these deeply human conversations and help the world heal at large. So, until next conversation, please feel free to reach out to me at Gary IP Catalyst on Twitter. You can find Gary Interpersonal Catalyst on LinkedIn. You can also find me at my website, Gary Turner. Life. That's dot Life. L I F E. And we really hope to see you on a future, or here, hope you'll join us on a future conversation. But till then, we'd really appreciate it if you could, if you've got value from this, please share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think, what you challenge, what you want to add to the discussion. And I really look forward to meeting you again on episode 121. Take care and have a great day and be safe. Really hoping that you enjoyed that exploration on the value through vulnerability podcast you can find out much more about hexo change at hexochangenow.com that's h-e-x-o-changenow one word dot com you can subscribe to a weekly newsletter at that website which includes information about live stream conversations further service offerings blogs but also our in-person events of which we have multiple each year so i really hope that you'll join us Do connect with me, Gary Turner, on LinkedIn, and I really hope to hear from you soon.